Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Amen and amen. Turn with me, please, to John chapter 10. John chapter 10, that's been our anchor for this series we're doing here and plan to continue as the Lord leads. This is session four. By the way, all three of the former sessions, if you don't listen to anything else, please go back on the website or ask Pastor Wayne for a CD and get these last three sessions as we're on a journey to hear the voice of the Lord speak to us today. John 10, beginning with verse 2, He who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his, the sheep hear his voice. So does Jesus have a voice? And he calls his own sheep by name. Is the Lord Jesus your shepherd? Are you one of his sheep? Or does he ever speak to you by name? So if I don't hear him call my name, maybe it's not because he doesn't do it, but maybe because I'm not listening carefully enough. Would that be an accurate statement? And, verse 4, when he brings out his own sheep, everybody say, that's me. He goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. They will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Can I ask you a question? Has Jesus lost his voice? So, a question for you. Do you sometimes feel like the way I have felt sometimes in the past about my prayer life, my interaction with the Lord? Sometimes I have felt like I am calling the Lord and leaving messages on the answering machine. I can tell by your response some of you can identify with that. Sometimes I feel as if I'm just leaving messages, hoping that He'll call me back or answer what I've asked. Can anybody else identify with me and say, uh, we, we got you, Pastor? <clears throat> How foreign is that? To what the New Testament tells us about what our Father is like. By way of review, we find out in the Scriptures that God is what? So, does He love you unconditionally according to the Word? Yes or no? Did He love you and choose you 
And did he grant you grace despite your choices? Does he know every time a bird falls throughout the universe, how much more does he love and care for you? Are even the hairs of your head numbered by a God who loves you? So if he loves you that much, why wouldn't he talk to you? Wouldn't that make sense? And we'll follow that theme a good bit today. But if he loves us the way we say he does, it is inconceivable that he would not speak to us. The Word says that we believers have the mind of Christ. If a mind cannot communicate, would you call that mind disabled? If a person cannot speak, would you say that person has a disability? Well, then if God is not speaking to us, something is missing somewhere. Wouldn't you agree? Jesus is very clear. If you go back and study the last three sessions, you'll find out in John 14, 15, and 16 that over and over again Jesus said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, and He will tell you. He will speak to you. He will declare to you. Over and over again, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will speak. 1 Corinthians 2 tells us clearly that it is the voice of the Lord. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. He communicates. He speaks to us through the Word of God. Listen, the Word of God is God's final and forever Word. It's not going to change. So I, we've said before we need to ask the Lord. Holy Spirit, breathe afresh on this word and show me what it means to me. The written word, the inner witness of the Holy Spirit to, to counsel and to encourage. We saw how the Lord sometimes speaks through messengers. It may be pastors or teachers. It may be someone that you just come across in daily life. The Lord can speak through different messengers, with skin on. Last time, our teaching was on how the Lord speaks many times through impressions in your inner man. We studied last time, I encourage you to get this series, <clears throat> we talked about how in Paul and his compatriots' journey, we found out in Acts 16 an amazing thing. They had come, verse 6, into Galatia and were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the Word. They came to Mysia, tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. We talked about impressions. Maybe it would be helpful to you to consider seeking the Lord and trying to discern what the Lord is trying to say as an intersection. As you approach that intersection, is there a red light? Does it say stop? Don't go any farther. Turn around. Is there a blinking yellow that says keep on moving but slow it down? 
And be careful and cautious about the next step you're about to take. Or is it green? Just keep on going. All is well. Sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks to us through impressions. Sometimes there's restraint. There's just something that you cannot let go of. It nags and it binds. And you can't get a peace about moving forward. Y'all know what I mean? And sometimes there is affirmation, and it says, you just keep on going, girl. Yeah, you're on the right direction. Affirmation and restraint, the impressions of the Holy Spirit. Learn to listen to how the Holy Spirit communicates. There are some obstacles, to, and by the way, let me say it like this. One of the greatest ways that the Holy Spirit ever speaks, and we said this at the end of last time, is Galatians, uh, Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Let the peace of Christ, in the literal Greek says, act as an arbiter. That word is the English umpire. Let the peace of Christ rule things safer out. In your heart. If your peace gets disturbed, stop and ask why. If you have peace and you're pursuing the Lord, take the next right step. There are some obstacles to hearing the Lord's voice, and there's some some static that comes through the world. Turn toward the back of your Bible to 1 John chapter 2. Now the world's not the earth. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world talked about in the New Testament usually has to do with that system that is under the influence of the evil one. 1 John Chapter 2, let's look at verse 15. Do not love the world, that is the system that is out of line with the love and and the kingdom of God. Do not love that system or the things in that system. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world. The lust of the flesh, that is the craving for self-pleasure, self-comfort. It's all about me mentality. The lust of the eyes. I see things all the time and I crave having them even if they belong to somebody else. And the pride of life, that is, I don't need to submit myself to God. It's my way or the highway. I am the captain of my fate and the master of my soul. That's what's in the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. But notice this. The world is passing away and the lust thereof. It's passing away. Wow. Well, the word is very clear. 
that this word, that this world <laughs> is not operating according to the love and law of God. In fact, the word says that the whole world lies under the influence of the evil one. The world system is intoxicated by the lies of the evil one. The flesh, that is, our own selfish desires. Galatians 5.17 says, Hey, you want a definition of the flesh? Here's a good one. Those old patterns of thinking, speaking, and behaving that you have always had before you were born again that have carried over into your life now. Old patterns of thinking, speaking, and behaving. Can I tell you something? Mine's not getting any better, and yours isn't either. The only place it can be dealt with is at the cross of Jesus. That's the only power that can break the flesh, is submitting to the, the death Jesus died on our behalf to break its power over us. John 8, says that the devil is an obstacle to hearing the voice of the Lord. Jesus said this about the devil. He was a liar and the father of lies. When he speaks, he cannot tell the truth because the truth's not in him. In fact, John 10, 10, Jesus said, the thief, the enemy, has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Do you know you got a personal enemy? Oh, and he's a lot more crafty and has a lot more resources than anybody that would come against you in business or in law or whatever. The real enemy that you have comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he is not going to change his agenda. But how many of you know his power has been broken by the risen Jesus? There are obstacles to hearing his voice, but God's love and his desire and his ability to communicate with us is greater than any of that. Okay, so back to what I asked in the first of this message. Every time you hear the Lord, is it answering machine prayer? Have you gone to the Lord and it seems like you left messages and eventually you'd get a little light or direction, but most of the time you're still waiting on some kind of answer? There doesn't seem to be any ongoing, I'm going to tell you something radical. I believe with all my heart, because the Spirit of the living God lives on the inside of us, I believe with all my heart that the Holy Spirit of God Himself wants to have a running conversation with you. Now that's radical to some people. Do you believe that? A running conversation with you. Why wouldn't he? We have got to make, we've got to come before the Lord and say, Lord, I have, I have just left you messages, but I have never listened long enough to see if I could engage in conversation. Here's a question for you. And while we pursue that question, I want you to turn back to the left with me. 
just so we end up in John chapter 16. Okay? John 16. I have a question for you before we look at that. I want you to imagine that you're a counselor, that you're a relationship counselor, okay? You are a relationship counselor. I just conferred that on you. Let's suppose that someone comes to you and says, I am in a covenant, powerful, what? important, critical relationship. And the person I'm in relationship with never acknowledges that I'm even speaking to them. The person that I'm in relationship with is silent every time I pour out my heart to them. The person I'm in relationship with when they do speak, it is always to tell me how I have failed them. It is always to tell me how uncomfortable they are make, uh, I am making them. It is always to tell me how far off of their standard I am. It is always correction or criticism. Now, you're a counselor. Here's a question for you. Would you say that that relationship is dysfunctional? Yes or no? Maybe even abusive. Somebody's always right. You are always wrong. Critis critical and corrective all the time. That, ladies and gentlemen, is dysfunctional and abusive. Amen? All right, go on this journey with me. Now, I know this is different than my usual teaching, but it's okay, isn't it, Pastor? You know, that's what coaches do. They pastor. Okay. All right, now look. Everybody, everybody close your eyes a minute. Here's what I want you to do. If you know the Lord, in your inner man, I want you to ask the Lord this question. Are you ready? Just between you and the Lord. I'm going to give Ask the Lord in your inner man. Say, Lord, would you tell me those areas that I've been failing you lately? Would you tell me some areas that I've disappointed you or failed you lately? Tell him you agree with him and ask him to cleanse you of that. Okay? One more question. All right, you with me? All right, follow me now. Some of you are confessing way too long. All right, now, listen to me. Next. Go to the Lord again in your inner man, and I want you to say, I want you to pray to the Lord, and here's what I want you to pray. I want you to pray, Lord, 
show me those areas lately where you're really proud of me, where I've really done well. Okay, all right, now listen to me. I need, I need your attention. Here's a question for you. How long did it take you to identify something you probably needed to ask forgiveness for? Did that take long? You just kind of got right to it, didn't you? Was it a little more of a struggle for, to hear the Holy Spirit say to you some areas that he was really proud of you about where you'd really done well? And I'll bet that on the last one, when you asked the Lord to show you some areas where he was really proud of you, where you had really done well, I'll bet the temptation was for you to say, that's not really the Lord. That, that's prob- or, or maybe even to wonder, that's just my imagination. Right? Isn't it interesting that we so quickly can hear the voice of correction we can so quickly even, de- we can even describe affirmation as imagination. But we always hear that correction. In light of what you know from the script, the Holy Word of God, the Holy Spirit's witness, Are you in an abusive or dysfunctional relationship with your Heavenly Father? We are there. We ought to at least hear the affirmation of the Lord at least as much as the confession of sin. We're just programmed not to go there. You've got a Father who loves you beyond comprehension, and you're telling me that He would never tell you how special you are to Him. Something's wrong. Wouldn't you agree? In John 16, I want you to see something. Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit, the Helper, when He comes. When He has come, He will convict the people of the world of sin. Everybody everybody knows that the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, yes or no? I mean, absolutely. And yet... Look, do you know why he convicts us of sin? Because he doesn't want us walking around with that burden of guilt. The conviction of sin is a gift because it allows that burden of sin to be lifted off of us that we can walk in his joy. It's not to beat us up. The Holy Spirit will convict us of sin of eight Verse 8, of righteousness and of judgment. All right, now go back to verse 8. Did he say the Holy Spirit's job, he's going to convict you of sin, and he's going to convict you of unrighteousness? 
Righteousness or unrighteousness? So how many times is the Holy Spirit witnessing to you and convinced, giving you convincing proof that in Jesus you are holy and righteous before him? Or is it all about unrighteousness, which is a misreading of the text? This flies in the face of your upbringing, doesn't it? It flies in the face of all that religion and all that guilt and condemnation, doesn't it? Read on. Of sin because they do not believe. The heart of all sin is unbelief. The only reason I sin is because somewhere there is something I don't really believe about what God says is true. Verse 10. He will convict you of righteousness because I go to the Father and you see me no more. What did Jesus do when he left the earth and went to be with the Father? What did he do? What is the clear teaching of Holy Scripture? He is now interceding for you at the right hand of God. Yes or no? Where, anywhere in the Bible, does the word say when Jesus left the earth, he went before the throne of God to tell the Father how naughty and unrighteous you are? Where? Jesus said, I'm going to, the Holy Spirit's going to convict you of righteousness because you're not going to see me anymore in the flesh. Because while I am in the flesh, I am the personification of a righteous God. But I'm going to go to the Father, and He's going to bear witness through the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit is going to bear witness because of where I am. That is because of who you are. I am representing you before the Father, and I'm holy and righteous, and God sees you in my account. So why would it be so foreign to us to hear the Spirit of God tell us some things of how much He loves us or how proud of us He is? Why would that be foreign? It's because it's a lie. Hatched. Listen, hatched by the devil himself and perpetrated through religion. Guilt and performance. And he's going to convict, verse 11, of judgment. Why? Oh, I knew something bad was coming. No, the ruler of this world is the one who's been judged. Do you know that God judged you at the cross of Jesus? So what's he going to do now? Bring all your sins back up before you? Give me a break. The ruler of this world, the devil, has been judged. His power has been broken. The Holy Spirit is bearing witness in you right now that the devil don't have any rights over you. He has no authority over you. Any right he has or authority he has is something that we have given him either of our own will or through negligence. Jesus called the Holy Spirit who lives in you the Spirit of truth over and over and over. The Spirit of truth. The Spirit of truth. 
please go on this journey with me and ask the Spirit of Truth to tell you what is true and not true on the ongoing conversations in your own mind. God is trying to tell you things about you that are marvelous and wonderful that will bless you and keep you and give you grace and carry you to the next level of intimacy with the Lord. But I want to tell you, as long as we are content to stay in dysfunction and abuse in our relationship with the Lord, if we think, well, all he's going to do is criticize and correct and then hang up, that is a lie from the evil one. And until you rise up and say, that is a lie in my mind, and 2 Corinthians 4 says to renounce the things hidden in the dark. Let the light of the Word of God say, no, that is darkness. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, for your mighty love and grace toward me. Some of you are still hearing the tape over and over again. I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. I'm, I, I don't have good enough grades. I'll never be able to. I'll never. I can't. I won't. Get the Spirit of truth. Invite Him to expose every lie. Get out of that dysfunction and abuse. In your inner man. And get serious about it. And let the Lord begin to heal you on the inside. You have no idea how mighty the, lo the, the love of God is for you. You have no idea what that, the manifestation and revelation of that love on the inner man, you have no idea what that can do for you. There's nothing that can heal you like the love of God. There's nothing that can enable you to go through anything like the grace of God. There's nothing that can empower you to make the right decisions like the wisdom of God. And it's all available to you through the Spirit of God. We've got to make a firm decision. I'm not listening to the lies anymore. And then we've got to follow up that decision with 2 Corinthians 10. I'm going to take every thought captive by the grace of God to the obedience of Jesus. Expose light always dispels darkness. The voice of God, are you listening? Is it dysfunctional and abusive? Or are you hearing? Just take one step. At least as much affirmation as conviction. At least. No wonder people have given up and left. They had a false idea of what Jesus is really like because of models they've seen or grown up with or others have had. Let's throw away those models and ask the, Lord, the Spirit of truth to minister the truth on the inside of us. Let's bow our heads. Let's get serious about this. Go on this journey this week. Ask the Lord, Lord, help me, to, help me to know 
whether I'm hearing the mind of the Lord. Now next week, as the Lord gives me the wisdom and as the Lord leads me, we're going to talk a little bit more about, okay, how do I more carefully discern the voice of the Lord from the other voices? We've all got other voices in our inner man. How do I discern more carefully what the Lord is saying versus these other voices? And you pray the Lord will give me greater revelation on that this week so I can share it with you. What a joy and a blessing and a crown you are. I pray for you every day. Dean and I love you with all our heart. We want you to get greater revelation of how the Lord sees you and what he's saying. Would you just say, Pastor, I know in my heart that this message has struck a nerve with me. I, I know that to a degree my relationship with the Lord putting it the way you did, where I'm always hearing criticism or correction. I got to tell you, Pastor, the only affirmation I hear that seems like it's from the Lord is from the outside. It's from somebody else. If they occasionally give me some affirmation, I, that's the only affirmation that I really believe God's sending me is from the outside. Let me tell you something. There's a whole lot more affirmation that the Holy Spirit wants to give you on the inside. Don't run from him. He loves you. How many of you would say, I'm going on this journey with you, Pastor. I've had some dysfunction and abuse in my relationship and prayer to the Lord. I want to learn how to listen to the voice of God. Would you raise your hand today? Just raise it up. Just commit to it. I commit to it. Maybe the rest of you, the Spirit of God, would deal with you at some point. And you would consider it. It's crucial. Would y'all look this way just a minute? I'm not playing about this. I am before the Lord asking Him to allow me and you to hear His voice more clearly. Can that get messy and is there a risk to it? Yeah, but you know the greatest risk is never hearing the voice of God because you don't ever listen. So if you don't want to hear more about this, you may want to take the summer off. Because I'm telling you, I ain't playing about this. You hear me? That's some of my old coach talk. I ain't playing about this. But you know how much we love you. Go with God. He's going with you. And we'll see you next week.
You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.